Welcome to the Church Basement Podcast. Today's topic is learning and the inevitable failure that goes with it. Grab yourself a cup of coffee or tea, strap on your running shoes, or pick up your knitting needles or crochet hook and join us. Let us introduce ourselves. I'm Pastor Amanda Zenzelo, and I serve as the pastor at Central Lutheran Church in Northeast Portland, Oregon. And I am Dawn Miller, a member here at Central and the producer of the podcast. Okay, so where does this topic come from? <laughs> this comes from recently trying to help a friend learn how to knit. Oh, I've been down that path before. And it's hard. It really is. Right, and I think that we forget how hard it is to learn something new. When and to we've teach doing something. It. And teaching, like that's a whole different It is, whole other podcast. Yeah, and I realized after I tried once or twice, I honestly have sent her to a store. <laughs> Wise. I'm like, go take a class from it. Not because she isn't a great student or not because she can't learn, but because I don't have the teaching chops. Oh, absolutely. A part of it is where you get to a certain point where you forget what it's like to learn just the very beginning stuff. Yeah. And so you don't know how to teach that beginning stuff anymore. Oh, yeah. And I guess I'm totally there because I don't remember. Like it was two weeks later. Where I'm like, oh, wait, my first teacher just had me knit in the round and make a hat. Yeah. Oh, I guess you don't have to start with knitting and purling and yarn overs. And nope. <laughs> right. Start with a washcloth. It'll all be fine. Right. So different pieces like that. But in my pondering about how to help her and her daughter learn, I started coming up with like, well, what if you could make failing fun? Oh, there's an interesting concept that like, is completely foreign to this <laughs> culture and country. Yeah. What if instead of it being like, ah, I dropped a stitch, I'm a terrible person, I shouldn't be a knitter. It was, ah, I dropped a stitch, fill out the bingo card, I'm almost there. Mm -hmm. Like there are things that when you're learning something new, you are going to do. Failure is an inevitable part of learning. And so you're going along, you're trying something new, you are inevitably going to make some massive mistakes. Yep. With knitting, it's things like you are going to drop a stitch. There will be holes. There will be holes. Unintentional holes. Absolutely. <laughs> right. If you're starting to crochet, your edges are going to be wibbly wobbly. Oh, yes. <laughs> They're going to be all over the place. You will not have a straight edge in sight. No, I hope you like trapezoids. <laughs> right. At least for your first couple of items. And that's just part of it. And I think back to starting roller derby and how much falling there was. Mm -hmm. Just tons and tons and tons and tons and five more falls. But what I loved about roller derby is it's not just you're going to fall. It's let's show you how to fall so you don't hurt yourself, right? Oh, yeah. Which is also not quite a concept that we have in this culture, in this place of we realize the inevitability of this and we're going to give you some skills to help and it won't be as bad as you think it's going to be. Yeah. And we'll give you some protection and some gear. Yep. And you know, you're still going to get hurt and you're still going to get bruised. Yep. If you're older, your joints are still going to ache. That yep. might not be the case for a junior skater, but totally real for the rest of us. And it's a part of it. Yep. It is inherently 100% a part of it. Not only are you going to fall because someone has knocked you down on purpose, but you're going to fall because you're learning a new skill mm -hmm. and you're on eight wheels 
and gravity. That's not natural. Right. And gravity is a thing. And so when you fall, you get back up quickly and you just try it again. And it's all part of it. And I think that we, well, I know, I know that for myself, when I started Derby, I fell all the time. Mm -hmm. And in the first four months, I made so many strides and skills. In four months, I went from barely being able to do a crossover to being able to meet all my minimum skills. So that includes turnarounds and toe stops and all kinds of different stops and going fast and crossing over on both sides and all kinds of massive skills because I was not afraid to fall. And then when someone said, man, you spend a lot of time on the ground, Nix, from that day forward, my learning drastically slowed down. Really? Because I was started to be self-conscious huh. that I was falling so much. And I look back on it now with several years more wisdom. I'm like, wow, that had an impact, like uh -huh. a different kind of impact than the floor did. Well, sure. <laughs> right? And completely unintentional, I'm sure. I'm sure. Not meant mean at all. Just kind of a side passing thing. But it made me more conscious of the fact that I was falling more frequently than anyone. Now, in retrospect, I could say, well, yeah, because I was learning a lot. I was pushing the edges of my capacities mm -hmm. every single practice. And yeah, I totally was falling every practice. And that wasn't a bad thing. Mm -hmm. And so when I think now towards trying something new or when I'm watching, especially our younger generations right now, look at things and be afraid to try because they're afraid of getting it wrong. Mm-hmm. And there's a massive failure of falling in a lot of ways now. Mm -hmm. I think part of it is because of social media. I think if you fall on social media right now, it can just be devastating. Oh, it's brutal. And partly I'm listening to you tell these stories and I'm thinking of words I may have unintentionally said that have held somebody else back. And it's mostly out of love, fear and concern. That yeah. we end up holding each other back, rightly or wrongly. Totally. Because I don't want to see her get hurt. Totally. Absolutely. But at the same time, I want her to learn. Yeah. And we get protective of those that we love, mm -hmm. rightly or wrongly. And yes, 100%. I don't think that the person who said that meant anything negative at all. No. It just had an impact other than what was intended. And so how do we create a culture or find a way to look at failure as not just part of it, but a good part of learning? So looking at falls on the derby track, not just as someone being out of their league, but as someone really pushing their edges sure. and trying something new. We've trying you got know, to get away from the right or wrong one or the other. Yeah. This like whole binary system breaks things so badly. It to, does. Yeah. I've been in classes before learning to crochet and the other person has been, well, this is how I'm doing it. And the teacher explicitly says, if it's consistent, it's not wrong. You've come up with something new, and that's perfectly yeah. fine as well as you're doing with it. That's awesome. And yet, they cannot let that go. They have to go back and retrain their brain and learn it the mm. quote-unquote correct way. Mm -hmm. 
And it's fascinating to me to hear that because yeah. there's one one good way and one wrong way. There doesn't ever seem to be more avenues. And yet we know that there have to be more there avenues. There have to be. Right? There is no way that what one person has said is the right way mm-hmm. is the only way to do things. It's now, the myth of the right. I say that knowing full well that there are many things where I'm like, yep, that's the way it's going to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why are you asking to change the font on the Sunday bulletins? That's the one that can be read the best. Don't exactly. you know that? Why are you asking me to change that? Right? Like I totally know <laughs> that I get into that space too. Sure. So I'll own that. And that's hard to own. It's my own little comeuppance here. But mm-hmm. I dream about how do we create environments or spaces where we cannot be afraid of failing. Because, again, I think in our contemporary society, having space to fail and to learn is rare. It's just not common. Maybe that was part of the allure of the Derby community for me, is that it became a space where I could learn something and be daring. Mm -hmm. And try something that I had never done before. Well, I think they take the shame component out of it. Where I was, where I was learning, they totally did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think there are certainly probably leagues that don't do that. Mm. That's sad. Well, I mean, it's just true. It's reality. It's reality. And so how do we create spaces? So then how do we create a space within our faith tradition? Since this is a Christian podcast, how do we... How do we use our faith tradition to explain that failure is actually okay and expected? And then how do we create our communities as spaces where trying and learning and failing and creating and new iterations are all part and parcel of the culture of the place? And that that creates a safety and that creates a countercultural capacity to try new things. Sure. And you had teased this idea to me when we were discussing the possibility of this topic about how our culture and society does not have a way to talk about failure in any way other than negative connotations. Mm -hmm. But you said that faith does. Mm -hmm. So please tell me more. At the end of the day, it's the crux of our entire narrative. Okay. Jesus doesn't come out and win a war against the Romans and banish them. Jesus lets himself be killed. Which is kind of the ultimate failure. Right? In our world's view, totally Mm -hmm. the ultimate failure. And he lets himself be sacrificed and killed and beaten and all kinds of things and then rises again. And something new comes from that. Resurrection comes from that. And a whole new world order comes from that willingness to face the ultimate fail. And I think that if we can look at that kind of part of our story and say, no matter what, if I get it right or if I have to completely let it go because I've totally buggered it, either way, something new and beautiful can come from this. Mm -hmm. If I can't ever skate again because of whatever reason, if my fear of concussion has so overwhelmed me that I don't put my eight wheels back on again then what has come from that is not failure. What has come from that is greater compassion for those with brain injuries. Mm, What has come mm -hmm. from that is a greater knowledge of community and how it is so critical to our well-being. What has come from that is my knowledge that I can try new things and do hard things and learn new skills, right? None of that is bad. It is not a failure. It is just a sacrifice. It's a death of one thing for a resurrection of something new. And our faith story gives us that language. Our grand narrative 
gives us the story that we can let things go and let things die for new life to come. So I have a knitting project. I'll take it back to knitting. I have a knitting project that I am almost done with. I'm so close. (laughs) But this project was the first time I've done a technique called twisted stitches. Okay. And it's lace work. And I haven't done a ton of lace work. And so for those who are not knitters, lace uh, work can be the very devil. (laughs) It, It can be really hard. It can be very hard. Yeah, totally. And so I got like... 35, 40 rows. So for non-knitters, that's That's a fair amount of time, Three and a half, four hours into the project. And I could really start seeing what was supposed to be the pattern coming out. Sure. And it just looked like it was chasing itself all over the place and not at all looking like it was going the direction it was supposed to. And so I I frogged it, right? My mistakes. I failed on that take. So I pulled it out and I started again. And guess what? Same thing happened. Oh, yeah. And pulled it out and tried it again. And it's possible to say, right, I failed over and over again at that project. Yep. And every time I let it go, I was learning something new. Mm-hmm. I was learning how to set my pattern up more effectively for myself by coloring it in. I was learning how to read a chart more effectively because I was paying more attention to it. I was learning how to research stitches differently because I was getting the stitch twist wrong. And I was learning every single step of the way if I wasn't just focused on, man, I suck. I just can't get anything right. What am I even doing this? If I could break out of that, there was so much that was learned in the 10 hours that was sacrificed to having to be ripped out and to not have it right. Well, to not have visual progress. Right. To not have the product. And now at this point, there are probably like five stitches in the whole piece that are wrong. Yep. Wrong with air quotes around them. And I know it. No one will ever see it. Not even remotely. (laughs) And that's totally fine. I guess it goes back to that idea of that bingo card. If I could have thought of that and seen something like, when you start lace work, you are going to drop stitches. Mm-hmm. So when you drop the stitch, put the mark in the bingo card. Mm. <laughs> and when you start lace, you're going to slip, slip, knit instead of knit two together. And so your stitch is going to lean to the left gonna instead go the of leaning way. to the right. And it's going to look funky, awkward when you start to pull it out. And that's just what's going to happen. And so mark the thing and then recognize these are all the mistakes that everyone makes. Absolutely. And it's part of the learning and it's part of the process. And you're not bad because you've gotten it wrong. You're not bad for not being perfect your first time out. Well, and I'm convinced, especially when it comes to fiber projects like knitting and crocheting, half of the new things that you're learning are because somebody made a mistake and figured out a way to fix it in a very pretty manner. Absolutely. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Cables. If you've ever done cables, somebody (laughs) dropped some stitches and just decided to knit them a few down the line. Picked them up and threw them over to the left. Exactly. Oh, that looks pretty cool. Maybe I should try that again. (laughs) It's such grace, Mm -hmm. right? When we can see our mistakes, the potential of creativity in those places, when we can see the skills that we've learned, when we can see ourselves adapt, all of that, our faith story can help us in that. 
Our culture does not. No, partly we just don't give time. I want to be perfect at it now. I don't want to give it two months to practice, to zhuzh and get right. I want results now. And the expectation of our culture is that you would get it perfect right now. Sure. And the presentation that we give to each other within our culture is that we do get it perfect right now. Well, and there are certain personalities that need that. It's always fascinating to me who comes into the store that is working on a project and is very willing to live with the mistakes that are in the project and those who absolutely cannot live with any single mistake at all and will rip everything back to make sure it's perfect. Yeah. There's a wonderful book ages ago, decades ago, mm-hmm. called That Dorky Handmade Quilt. Mm. And in that book, she has a term called your PQ, your perfection quotient. Okay. And she said, yeah, I can always tell someone's PQ by looking at their points in their quilting because points are really hard to get in quilting. Mm -hmm. Like because of the quarter inch seam allowance to get an actual sharp point. Precision is key. Precision is incredible. And so you don't get overlap of the fabrics on the side or you don't knock the top of your triangle off Mm -hmm. in your quarter inch seam allowance, but to get a true point on like a friendship star or wild geese or any of these other patterns. And so you can look at somebody's quilt blocks with any kind of point to them and you can see what their PQ is. Sure. And my mom and I joke, my mom's PQ is like three. (laughs) She's like, ah, whatever. But her colors are bright and beautiful and Uh fantastic, right? And joyful. Joy just oozes out of her quilts all over the person that is underneath them. It's beautiful. Wonderful. And my PQ is probably like, like a seven or an eight. I'm fully aware that I need a point there and Mm -hmm. I'm going to do my best. But if the tip has been knocked off, I'll forgive myself and move on. Mm -hmm. But I know some folks who are like tens. Oh, yeah. I mean, their stuff is astounding, but they're anxious about it. Yeah. Everything's a (laughs) trade-off. Right? It is. It's a total trade-off. And nothing is right or wrong or bad or good. It's just different. Yep. Our culture will give blue ribbons out for lots of different reasons. I mean... I say that, and then I think about all the claims about millennials needing blue ribbons and all of that. Mm -hmm. That's not what it's about. The heart of what I want to say in this, the Spirit gives us gifts, and God calls us to work, all kinds of different work. And sometimes we're naturally gifted in it, and it comes super easy. And those things are awesome that we get to do. And we should totally invest our time in those things and own our gifts and skills in those things and not be afraid to own our gifts and skills and to be willing to share with people that we're good at these things and to do them to the best of our capacity. And there are some things that we want to do that we aren't naturally talented at and that we're going to try and we're going to fail and we're going to make mistakes and it's still worth it. And the things that we learn along the way are ways in which we can become stronger and have more resiliency within us. Mm -hmm. And failure isn't evil. It's not bad. Resurrection can come from anything. So trusting that the Spirit's calling you into something to give it a whirl and give it a shot, go for it. And do your best to not hate yourself when you bugger it up. Yep. Because it's going to happen. Because it's going to happen. And like, I still remember the day I tried to throw a softball at gym class and it went behind me. And <laughs> Volleyball is always my downfall. 
right? And it's awful and it feels really bad. And I remember that gut sink and that was 30 years ago, but just don't give up. Try, try, try. Fail often, fail frequently, fail with gusto and see what amazing creative things the Holy Spirit can do in that failure because it can be pretty awesome. Excellent. Okay, that's going to lead me to my last question. Mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite spectacular failure? I do. Yeah. <laughs> I really do. So the first time I tried the 25 and 5, which is a skill test for roller derby, it's now 27 and 5. And what that is is you have to skate that many laps in five minutes. Okay. And part of it is endurance and part of it is speed and part of it is form. Sure. And it was the first time I was trying the 25 and 5 and... It was at the old skateway up in Cedro Willie, Washington, in this old lumber barn. And it was fall. And there were spots in the barn where the oil from the logging machinery would come up out of the cement Uh when it got cold. And I was still a relatively new skater, and I was trying it out. And I took off, and it was my third lap, maybe. And I was going faster than I probably should have, and I didn't quite have the strength in my form yet. And I got to the turn over where we eventually knew that we had like a slick spot. Yeah. And my skate went out from underneath me. (laughs) Flying across the cement and slammed into the wood wall and the pillar on the side. Oh, that sounds terrible. And I got myself back up and I took back off skating again. And I think I got 23 and 5 that, that time. And... I mean, I just went flying, and I still remember the impact of my ribs against that pillar. I bet you do. And just scrambling to get back up and get back on the track, because time was ticking. Yeah. Time was going, and I had just lost five seconds. That's half a lap. Your determination is admirable. <laughs> it was a great moment. Excellent. Well, thank you, Pastor Amanda, for taking the time to help us figure out a little more about learning and failure. I look forward to sitting down with you another week on another topic. As do I. And if you have a favorite story of a spectacular fail that led you to learning something or celebrating something awesome on the other side of it, we would love to hear it. You can share us with us on Facebook or send us an email at podcast at centralportland.org. Until we are back in your ears again, remember, God loves you no matter what. <laughs>